0: Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast, where we bring together the best medical minds, thought leaders, scientists, patients, and caregivers to inform and inspire the spondylitis community. I'm your host, Jill Miller, living my best spa life, knowing that how we meet today has the power to change everything going forward. Hi, and welcome to SpondyCast. Today, our guest is Cassie Schaefer. Cassie is the CEO of the Spondylitis Association of America, she leads SAA in the continued fight to improve the lives of patients and families who have experienced the devastating consequences of ankylosing spondylitis and related diseases. She joined in 2018. And since then, Cassie has been instrumental in helping to transform the SAA by launching several exciting new programs, increasing marketing and communication efforts, elevating patient advocacy, expanding research funding, growing membership, and increasing revenue. Cassie leads a wonderful team of staff who are working hard in all of these areas to ensure SAA delivers the ambitious and robust programs that work to support the spondyloarthritis community across the US as well as internationally. She has wide experience with healthcare nonprofit organizations where she has distinguished herself as a nationally recognized executive leader, held executive senior management positions with the American Diabetes Association as Regent vice president, the National Kidney Foundation, the American Lung Association and the American Heart Association. Cassie, we are so excited to welcome you today <laughs> as the fearless leader of the Spondylitis Association of America. And I, I remember meeting you back in 2018 when you started your journey and you have built on the tremendous work of this organization. And I'm, I'm so glad you're joining us today.
1: Well, I am so glad to be here. And, and I've been waiting for this opportunity for the two of us to get together on Spondycast and, and chat. And, uh, and I, I look forward to the next uh, 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> awesome.
0: So I think the first question out of the gate, uh, now that you've had a little time under your belt, but looking back, what drew you to SAA? Uh, as an organization?
1: What drew me here? Um, well, I don't have, I don't have uh, enclosed spondylitis. I don't have AS. I do suffer from OA, so there's the arthritis component for me. But the bigger piece of it was, I was really intrigued by the board of directors when they were interviewing and hearing about the organization um, and what a challenging and difficult disease it was because people didn't know about it. People couldn't pronounce it um and that it was really having trouble taking off and growing yeah i really saw it as an opportunity to get back and lead a, a small nonprofit again and one of the great things i love about saa is that we're really a, a very nimble organization and if we you know hear that there's a need out there from our constituents we can respond to that pretty quickly um, whether it's developing a program or just giving them some feedback and, you know, directions work with our resources and things like that. So it's been it's been really interesting learning about the disease myself, um, but it's been really fun uh, working with the staff, got a great team here and just being able to go out and do some new and exciting things with the organization.
0: Yeah, it's an incredible staff and group of people involved. Tell us a little bit about spondylitis association of america and the the history and the work that you're doing today
1: well uh 2023 actually marks the the 40th anniversary for the spondylitis association of america and i really again i can't begin to express how proud i am to say that i've been a part of this incredible family at the saa for over five years our mission is for SAA to be a leader in the quest to cure ankylosing spondylitis and its related diseases and to empower those affected to live their lives to the fullest. And you know, we stay with our vision as well, um, it, a world free from the pain and disability of AS and the related diseases. Since our founding in 1983, the SAA has really been the, the face and voice and, and leading nationwide nonprofit organization um, around educating, empowering and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Uh, we're committed to increasing awareness of this disease, providing information and support to patients and their families, You know, funding research to ultimately uncover a cure for the disease. We have a wealth of information on our website, um, with educational materials and resources for medical professionals, for the newly diagnosed, for those who are seeking a proper diagnosis, and those who've already been diagnosed and living with the disease. So no matter where you are in your journey with this disease, SAA has information that can really help and assist um, a patient or a caregiver.
0: And I think that's unique that the empathy from the organization
1: mm-hmm. that I've
0: seen on a personal level in my own experience, which is what drew me to the organization. Uh, I can remember calling in one day and in a early, shortly after diagnosis and and really feeling supported. Uh, what are some of the the biggest achievements of the organization over time? And then I wanna dig into some of the individual programs.
1: Okay, um, I just wanted to touch base on what you were just talking about as far as the, the organization and the empathy that's there. You know, one of the things, and it was really apparent yesterday, we had a call into our office that one of the staff fielded and it was from a, an older individual that was looking for more information about aging with AS. And one of the things she she talked to the staff about was, um, you know, her doctor telling her that she was too old. There was nothing else they could do for her, and different things, you know, like that. And the fact that we actually had a live person on the phone to talk with her and get that information out, I think, you know, really made a statement. And it was something that another staff member even picked up on saying how proud they were that, you know they worked with an organization where it's still humans answering the phone and listening to what it is that people are asking for. It's not all automated. And so I think that that really does help us stand out um, amongst a lot of other organizations that may be out there and let the, the Spondy uh, member know that we're here for them.
0: Yeah, because it's a very human disease. Exactly, exactly. Please don't look at ChatGPT to replace them
1: <laughs> anytime
0: soon. Uh, so, in terms of accomplishments, there's we've talked now with a number of leading rheumatologists and providers in the space about research and programs that go on. Uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the accomplishments over the last forty years?
1: Yeah, happy to. Um, I think we've had some really big accomplishments all along the way. But I'm going to start with just in the last five years (laughs) because I feel I can really speak to those because I've been a part of them. Um, And I I think it's important to to note that some of those things include most recently the international COVID-19 survey that we did. We had almost 5000 participants in that survey and it went on for months and months and months. So we were really able to track some good data there. Um, we have a, or had a new still in existence, but we rolled out a brand new life after AS that's an online seven week program for the newly diagnosed patient. We have our new storyteller session that we launched last year, and we highlighted 25 patient stories during 2022. That was Um, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Sean did a a great job on, on that project and it's continuing. We've got uh, more stories coming up in 2023. And I think that it's really resonated with our base. Um, in partnership with ACR, the American college of rheumatology and Spartan, which is the spondyloarthritis research and treatment network, um, SAA partnered with the two of them. And we have done three sets of new treatment guide- guidelines over the 40 years, uh, were developed for rheumatologists. This last set, um, that was developed in 2017, I think was the data on it. We took that last set of treatment guidelines a step further, and SAH tr- uh, translated those guidelines so that they'd be more patient-facing, along with another set that was translated solely for non-pneumatologists. So like I said, that was back in like 2017, 2018. So I expect new guidelines in the next probably 18 to 24 months where we'll be partnering with ACR and Spartan again to be coming out. We, um, we also designed uh, new accredited training courses that we're offering CME um, continuing uh, medical education for first responders. But we also did new courses for primary care physicians and chiropractors. And we have one with anesthesiologist that we will be rolling out this year. Um, Some of the other things that we've done, um, we launched a, a new exercise program and I was really proud of it because we broke that down into segments. It was five segments and it had cardio, strength, Yoga, morning stretch, and evening stretch in it, and that program actually features um, experts that are instructing spondyloarthritis patients from our community on the workouts and the routines, and they're designed specifically for people that are living with the disease so twenty twenty three is the yeah I just was just
0: gonna say what's so cool here and so important is the the focus on the patient, whether it's the exercise the CMEs and the trainings for various doctors to help raise awareness of what AS is, what the associated diseases are, what the treatment are. And I I think the patient guidelines, I've been a little bit on the periphery of that journey, but as we learn more about how drugs and biologics are a part of the treatment, that women are more affected than we ever thought they would be, how the outcomes of the patient were really taken into consideration around those treatment guidelines, and how, how do you make AS a more inclusive disease? Not that anyone wants to be included in a disease, but right. how do you look at every population and make sure that they're getting equal access to treatment and consistently the same treatment across the board. I think it's the patient focus is incredible here.
1: It is, and I think because we really are in touch um, at a very basic level with with all of our members and even non-members. I mean, you know, we it doesn't matter if you're a member or not. We're going to be there for you. Um, and I think having that closeness allows us to really find out what's on their mind and how to meet. The needs that they have whether it's for a doctor visit if it's following a doctor visit if they don't understand the difference between um, a biologic and a biosimilar you know to help help them kind of explore through that
0: so when someone comes to spondylitis.org uh what kind of resources will they find on the website and those also translate into available resources overall for membership and the community with the disease.
1: So our our website really has a plethora of a plethora of valuable information on it for the patient. You can find all of our past webinars and seminars. Podcasts will be there. Um, There's educational materials and resources. They can connect with a a support group. You can get on our community forums on the website. Um, We also have a site that's dedicated to kids and teens and one that's also uh, dedicated for spondylarthritis in women. We get a lot of questions pertaining to that. Um, For the healthcare professional, we have pages um, that are dedicated to the PCPs, the primary care doctors, um, to chiropractors, and first responders, just depending upon what program it is they're looking for. Uh, This last year, SAA partnered with Spartan and Grappa, and Grappa is the group for research and assessment of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, Um, and with NPF, the National uh, Psoriasis Foundation on a program that's called CAPES, the Clinician and Patient Education Series. And that was developed um, and presented in a series of webinars and podcasts for clinicians and patients. And it provides an in-depth education on spa that includes uh, psoriatic arthritis or PSA. And as a collective collective group of nonprofit organizations, we're really excited to bring this kind of unique collaborative project um, to the forefront and offer it. Absolutely. Some of the um, the other things, talking about 2023 being the 40th anniversary for the SAA, it's also the, the fifth year for our premier event, um, our global spondylitis, um, spondyloarthritis summit that features topics with experts um, that discuss, like the latest treatment options and the latest in research in the area of SPA. And it's the summit is attended by um, participants from around the world. So we really have a, a strong following on that. I think this year we had 3,200 people that registered for it. Um, and that, uh-huh. that's a
0: fully online event that people can two-day register for. Yeah, it's
1: all virtual. Yeah. And anyone can participate. And there's no cost for anyone to join it. It's a, a two day event. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, yeah. And I, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> What are the dates on that event may 5th and 6th may 5th and 6th -hmm. so mark your calendars folks uh and that event really i know in the past there's a feeling of community with that event people really have an opportunity to connect uh not only with each other but with understanding a little bit more about the disease and some of the uh, some of the experts on the different panels. You said thirty two hundred. So we have a long way to go because how many people are estimated in the U.S. to have as
1: three point two million that we know of. And then there's a whole other percentage of people that are undiagnosed with chronic back pain that could have spa.
0: So maybe we can blow up the platform this year.
1: <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice?
0: What else is on tap for the 40th? Um,
1: well, we're going to be launching our fourth uh, life impact study. It may not happen in 2023. It may be more in 2024 because we need to find the funding for it, but that that will be the, the fourth one that SAA has done in 40 years. Um, we've held three unmet needs research conferences, And we're about we're in the process of planning the fourth one, and that's going to be in late September of 2023 at the NIH campus again in Bethesda. And the goal of that, which I think is really cool, is is really helping the spa researchers identify unmet needs in the area specifically for spondyloarthritis and then go forth and set a research agenda for the next three to five years that can hopefully really make a difference with the disease.
0: <clears> this <throat> so is incredible it, because you'll have top providers within the industry and researchers coming together to talk about how we advance
1: mm-hmm. toward a cure. Exactly, exactly. And we're going to have speakers, um, researchers presenting from the U.S. and internationally as well. They'll be coming in for this conference, so it's going to be really exciting.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, if somebody wants to become a member. Of spondylitis association uh what is what is the benefit of being a member
1: well we've been a membership organization since our inception and we rely on generous individuals who support our mission with their donations both large and small there is no donation that's ever too small to give um, and we wouldn't be able to provide the programs and services that so many people rely on with our members if we you know, didn't have that membership out there. Our members receive full access to our quarterly news magazine, Spondylitis Plus. Um, They also get an array um, of members only programs and publications that are available to them. They're kind of behind a gated wall, if you will. So we have things that are available for anyone. And then if you're a member, you have access to other information that could go back from a historical perspective, or it could be something uh, brand new that we're rolling out that we haven't made it available to the to the public yet. And
0: there's a difference between an ACR, American College of Rheumatology, uh, organization, and SAA. SAA is patient focused, so. Okay. Tell me a little bit about the benefits of a patient focused organization versus uh, something like an ACR that might focus more on the, on the docs.
1: Right. So ACR is a membership organization for healthcare professionals in the field of rheumatology, where we're a patient facing advocacy organization. So we are here for the patient. Although we do provide things for healthcare practitioners as well as a resource, Um, we really do hear the needs of the patient. And we're able to respond with those needs, and it may be through SAA itself in creating programs, um, brochures, whatever it might be, articles, you know, webinars, and things for the for the patient. Um, or it might be information that we want to relay to uh, the medical side, and this is what we're hearing from patients, and is this actually you know going on? And have that conversation with the medical professionals to see about um, trying to make some changes within the healthcare systems.
0: And what I love about that is that it's an organization that gives a voice to so many of us that don't feel like we have a voice in this disease. Mm
1: -hmm. And I've
0: seen it firsthand where there has been inbound or inbound, uh, hang on. There's been inbound uh, calls or themes coming in from patients or surveys that go out to members. And I've seen SAA take those and shift or bend a little in programming to make sure that they're hearing the voice. And that's what I think is so valuable about the organization.
1: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. And I think a lot of that also goes back to the staff that we have that are fielding a lot of the phone calls and email requests that may come in or just something through our, our info line, um, our info email line. And they're able to get right on it and respond to that person, um, typically during the call. And if not, they you know, look up the resources right away and they'll respond uh, very quickly to them. So I think it makes a huge difference.
0: I know it makes a huge difference (laughs) for sure. I know it makes a huge difference. Uh, And when you talk about the uh, advocacy, talk to me a little bit more, because policy is part of any disease advancement. What does SAA do around advocating uh, at the policy level or trying to change policy? to? to make sure that the disease is at the forefront?
1: I'm I'm really glad you asked that because as a patient advocacy organization, it was critical a few years ago for SAA to make a big investment in two advocacy platforms. And those were the Political political Pro and Voter Voice. And that investment has really allowed us to significantly increase our e-advocates. And along with our coalition partners, who we've directly affected public public policy, where it impacts the lives of people who are living with arthritis. Together with these coalition partners, we've really encouraged legislators to reduce out of pocket costs. Um, we've had articles written in newspapers to raise awareness. We've taken taken action to improve access to appropriate medication and healthcare for people living with spa. Um, you know, some highlights I can give you from some of the different states um, where we've really been active. In Washington state, we just passed um, HB 1713 and Senate Bill 5610 that require cost sharing for drugs to be counted towards um, out-of-pocket obligations. Delaware passed, yes, I know, Yay! <laughs> Delaware passed a Senate Bill 267, a law that makes medications more affordable. Um, in Maine, there were two laws, LD 1783 and SP 621, that require health insurance to count copay assistant cards, um, because we know that's a really big deal for patients, especially in lower income areas. Colorado recently passed a law that makes medications more affordable. Um, and Arizona proclaimed May as Arthritis Awareness Month. It was one of the big advocacy activities that they were doing in Arizona. So, you know, we're active all over the US.
0: And if people want to get involved in SAA as a volunteer uh, in the advocacy side, how can they
1: get involved? If they just go to our website, right, spondylitis.org and click on the uh, advocacy tab and they can go right there and register And that. um, Those pages are kept up to date with some of the, the latest um, Senate bills or other health bills that we might be working on, whether it's from a federal perspective or it's a, a state perspective. There's always some way that someone can help.
0: In talking about programming and some of the benefits that SAA offers, having come in as a support group leader, I think that's one of the cornerstones of what SAA does and provides in community, at least at a local level. Tell me a little bit about the support group programming that SAA offers?
1: Well, we have an incredible um, support group leaders around the country. And in the last five years that I've been here, we've basically doubled the number of support groups that we have around the country. When COVID hit, I'm really happy to say that we didn't skip a beat. We went right into a virtual mode and um, really set all of our support group leaders up so that they had Zoom accounts and could, you know, hold their meetings uh, virtually without any any um, problems. And so we have now meetings without borders. And so some support groups are meeting in-person, some are doing hybrids where it's a mix of in-person and, um, and virtual still. And, you know, anyone can attend if it's virtual from anywhere in the U S or international for that matter. And I'm really happy to say this last year, we actually launched, um, a support group in India that got started. So we're definitely, we have international members and we really need to help try and meet the needs of those international members as well. And so if they wanna start something in their um, in their country, we can talk with them about doing that, but then they can always try and just register for any of the support groups online and attend those.
0: And that shift during COVID, COVID was horrendous, but i I think it probably, gave access to people who with this disease may not have been able to get to a support group meeting.
1: Right. Right. I think in some ways it really showed where a lot of the, um, discrepancies, you know, were with, within not only the system with SAA, but I think around the, around the world really, and being able to have these meetings now where they can conti- continue continue and doing them without borders. So you can be in New York and participate in a meeting in California because there's a, a guest speaker that you really want to hear. Or you could be in Florida and participate in Chicago.
0: So, yeah, for sure.
1: And it, you know, you started out in support groups. You were the support group, a co-leader there in Chicago. Um, and I know Gail misses you. <laughs> But you saw you know, firsthand the benefit of those of those meetings as a as a patient. And then I think you also were able to see the support that you receive from SAA as a support group leader.
0: Yeah, M- multidirectional. And it's all the arrows pointing in the same direction.
1: Mm-hmm. For the patient. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's and it's a disease you do need support with. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that's one of the most important Things we can do for one another is uh, understand because you can feel isolated with the disease. So talking to people who understand is is a very uh, can be a very soothing experience. <laughs>
1: right. I've heard some of our community members, you know, tell me just being in a room or on the screen with people who can pronounce ankylosing spondylitis or don't look at you crazy when you say spondyloarthritis, you know, they know what it is, just makes a huge difference for them.
0: Absolutely. I can remember one day a group of us, it may have been when the support group leaders got together, uh, we were all walking up the stairs, 20 or 30 of us at the same time. And somebody said, wow, you can see we all walk the same. <laughs> <laughs> so just knowing you're in company yeah. with- good people who are are all wanting the same thing for each other and experiencing similar things has been great. Uh, so tell me anything else that you you think is really important to share. There's so much that goes on. I know we can't cover it in 20 minutes.
1: Right. Well, I, I think outside of, of programs that research is probably the area that I'm most proud of here at SAA because over the last four years, um, we've actually invested more than $13.5 million on research and research-related projects. And of that, 6.5 million funded research grants directly that research applied to SAA for. And those include you know, research um, on the hla B 27 how it shapes the, the gut microbiome. And um, we also funded a national patient registry on AS that combined three existing patient databases that have been used in research. And that composite database looks at thousands and potentially tens of thousands of patients. Um, and it tracks health trends and disease, disease severity over time and age, gender, race, and many other factors to really um, help us improve our understanding of the disease. So we continue to, to use that information. And then SAA, and this was well before my time, but um, the big task gene study, is the largest um, U.S. Ankylosing Spondylitis Awareness Campaign that was launched with PSAs airing on radio and TV um, across the country. And within that gene study, two more genes implicated in AS were discovered by that genetic study. So I think that's, you know, another exciting thing to to note. And then probably the, one of the last things would just be to talk about the uh, Jane Burkell herself, our founder, um in twenty twelve, the SAA created the Jane Brickell Early Career Investigator Award and named after after Jane, our founder uh, when she retired. And to date we've given out fifteen um, of those awards they've been granted and we've um, we've invested about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars in early career grants going out to early career investigators.
0: Yeah, and we had Dr. Liu on as a guest recently. Mm-hmm. And what was so interesting was that when she was in rheumatology, when she was deciding which direction to go in rheumatology, she bumped into Dr. Leanne Gensler, who was also an Early Career Investigator Award winner. Mm -hmm. And she talked through the mentorship that Dr. Gensler provided her and how the community grows and that the impact that those early career investigator awards have on on the disease prog- uh, on the disease progression to a cure right?
1: mm-hmm. yeah it's it great that she was able to be mentored by Dr Gensler and Dr Gensler was one of the one of the first ECI winners she yeah was, you know, early on yeah
0: yeah it's amazing uh So in your time at SAA, it's been five years now, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have a favorite moment?
1: Oh, you are going to put me on the spot. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I really I can't think of something. They've all been great. I mean, just probably watching the staff grow from you know, doing webinars and patient seminars to all of these other, you know, developing new projects for healthcare uh, professionals and, you know, putting programs in place for newly diagnosed and just really looking strategically at where we are right now and where do we wanna be in three to five years and how is our strategic plan need to be changed and just watching the staff grow has probably been one of my my best moments. Um, I will say that I always love it when someone calls in and then sends an email after about how helpful the staff were um, and what a, a great resource SAA is. I can't, can never hear that enough.
0: <laughs> no, no, I, I'm sure you can't, not as a leader. Uh, and I think, too, you've transformed things into not that they weren't very patient focused before, but you've taken this human centered approach to feedback and how do we deliver things that really connect with the community better? And it's been a wonderful to watch the last five years unfold. So I'm grateful to you for the uh, effort and the sacrifices. I know, uh, like any leader, COVID was a very, very difficult time. uh, And you. Very gracefully. Kept the staff inspired and Uh, delivering probably when a lot of members needed it the most. So I'm grateful I'm getting for clumped here talking about it as a as a member and part of part of the organization as a volunteer. uh, Do you have one thing that you hope for the future uh, or you find hopeful about the work SAA does to deliver to the community with spondyloarthritis?
1: Probably two things. I mean, if we found a cure for this disease, that would be the the ultimate high, not just for me, but for everyone. Yes, yes. (laughs) But I think, you know, an area that I hope that we can cover more in a podcast and that you'll see in programs down the road, and you and I have talked about this, is that that, um, back pain patient that's been undiagnosed for more than three months and that's never made it to a rheumatologist and never been told to go see a rheumatologist if we could just make headway in that area, I think it would speak volumes.
0: Yeah, I would agree. You and I talk about this often. And I I think if we can reach everyone who's feeling the symptoms, but doesn't know what's going on, it would be, that would be the highlight of my life. To get to know that we made progress there because yeah. I think it would reduce time to diagnosis and trigger a lot of other levers like research and progress for people who are suffering with this.
1: You know, you'd asked me earlier if I had like any special moments and I think probably, and and you've even stated it during, during this, this podcast interview, um, is that the the community knows that they're not alone. And I really do believe that that's probably the greatest achievement that SAA has been able to um, put forth is that the spondy community knows that they're not living alone with this disease and that we are here for them. They can pick up the phone, they can send a letter, they can send an email, You know, they can talk on the community forums, they can put things on social media and we can reach out that way. So there's so many different ways that we're there to help them.
0: Cassie, I just want to thank you for being here today uh, and for all the work that you do. I know you run a busy Agile organization uh, and the the staff is incredible and we're so grateful for the leadership. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to do this with us and so looking forward to having more conversations like this as we get updates on the work that SAA is doing and yeah, just thank you for all you do. Your commitment is incredible.
1: Well, you're you're very very welcome, and it's a pleasure again. I, the staff make it so much easier to be able to do this work. The members make it easy, but I also want to thank you um, as a board member and volunteer for stepping up and not just coming to board meetings um, and you know other other meetings that we have uh, with projects going on. But you've actually embraced this and. It's a it's a big job that we've asked you to do and taken on the podcast, and uh, we really do appreciate your time with it as well, Jill.
0: Well, it is my pleasure. It's become the highlight of my week. Uh, So, (laughs) on that note, we will let you get back to uh, the quest for the cure, (laughs) and
1: uh, also make sure the dogs haven't been eaten by coyotes. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
0: Spondycast was made possible by donations from the Spondylitis Association of America's individual members and our show's corporate sponsor, AbbVie. Since our founding in 1983, the Spondylitis Association of America has been the face, voice, and leading nationwide nonprofit educating, empowering, and advocating for people living with spondyloarthritis. Through our extensive work with patients, the medical community, and partners, We provide information and resources to help people impacted by the disease live better lives and champion research to find a cure.